0: what you want your life to look like versus how much money you want to make is definitely a better perspective. But for me, it's even more than what do I want my life to look like and more moving into a phase of what do I want my life to feel like? And that actually is much more dynamic to what it looks like um, and allows me to, you know, be a bit more experimentative and, uh, you know, try out different things where I'm searching for that feeling instead of that that picture.
1: This is Brand Story, a podcast featuring in-depth conversations with leaders, marketers, and brand storytellers about their professional journey and the impact they're making on the world around them. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gilman, and my guest today is Mayan Gordon. Mayan is an entrepreneur, social media influencer, and founder of Mayan Gordon Media, and she's amassed over a billion video views, 2.3 million followers on TikTok, and in 2020 was named female tech leader by Digital Women's Business, and Mayan is currently touring the country in partnership with Hootsuite. Hi, Mayan. Welcome to the program.
0: Hey. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's going great. Where are you geographically in the country right now?
0: Yeah. So we are in Denver, Colorado for about the next week right now.
1: That's great. Um such an exciting thing. We'll get into the Hootsuite tour, but I wanted to start out by just asking a little bit about your story. One of the ways that I got to know you online was your story is really extraordinary and from surviving a gas explosion to where you are today. Um, can you just walk me through your personal story a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to your point, it's, it's quite an interesting saga. It's not something I ever, you know, planned out. I think life um, definitely happens for us, but it also happens to us in very unexpected ways. Um, so, you know, grew up in Seattle, Washington, um, Orthodox Jewish family. So I went to private Hebrew schools growing up till sixth grade, went into public school, High school, went to kind of a very elite preppy, um, you know, private school. And then from there, did three semesters of college, dropped out when I discovered I could make money copywriting um, and decided that that was going to be a you know better path for me, um, an easier path than trying to become a veterinarian, which is what I kind of wanted to do my whole life when, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I just want to work with animals. Uh, very kind of typical little girl response that, that stuck with me for a very long time. Um, and then, you know, trying to figure things out on my own and really realizing that the world was a much bigger place with a lot more opportunities than I'd ever been exposed to, I went through all of these, you know, different different paths. So when I was 19, I had just moved in with my boyfriend at the time, now husband, um, we were in a gas explosion in our rental home. Uh, that threw everything for a loop. I really kind of stopped copywriting. At that point um just to deal with kind of the emotions and um just trying to kind of put myself back together again uh and then when i when i tried to get back into copywriting i just found it much much more challenging i'd kind of lost really all of my motivation around it um, and decided i wanted to build something for myself that that's where you know emotionally i was at where i just needed to build something that was mine instead of doing all this work for other people um, and so I started my first business, which was a smoking accessory called 2K Diffuser Beads. Um, that did very well. A couple years after that, got bored of it and started up a graphic design sticker printing business where we also did t shirts. Um, that was fun for a while, got bored of it, got into glass blowing. Uh, which is something I think, you know, glassblowing is something I could do the rest of my life.
1: You're a very accomplished glass blower.
0: Not from an artist perspective, but from a, a marketing perspective, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think your work is really cool.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, loved that. That did very, very well. Allowed us to save up and buy uh, our first home together in Spokane, Washington. Um, and then really hopped on LinkedIn in, you know, late 2019, um, same same time as I hopped on TikTok, found huge success on TikTok. Found a lot of success on LinkedIn, um, but really also discovered that all these things I'd learned in my you know decade of building my own businesses were not you know things that everyone knew. And so found this opportunity to start doing coaching and consulting with other businesses, other brands. Um, you know, focused mainly around marketing and branding, um, and then really in the last six months since I've started this this trip, have moved more into the. Emotional, mental awareness, and resilience space, because that's really where all of my marketing expertise has come from, has been uh, through self discovery on my own journey, has been through understanding, um, you know, customer psychology, which is really just human psychology, which you can't really, you know, split apart from our emotional experience or our mental or cognitive experiences.
1: Yeah. When you're an empathic person and you, you know, operate that way in the world, you're very. You know, predisposed to be good at marketing because it's about other human beings and it's about connecting. A lot of people think it's about selling or it's about making people do things, but it really isn't anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that.
1: You know, I've seen you doing a lot of that. I think one of the cool things about your content is you do talk a lot about mental health and emotional wellness. And so right now you're on this Main Street tour with Hootsuite which is really fascinating. And you're talking about mental health and emotional wellness and social media all at the same time. And it's like a two-year road trip, right?
0: Yeah, we're about eight months into it right now. And there's, you know, another uh, 15 to 16 to go. <laughs>
1: wow, that's intense. That's a really cool thing to do. How did this come about for you? Because that's a, it's kind of like a really cool confluence of all the things that you care about.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, so after my husband and I were in the gas explosion, um, we decided to be homeless for a while in an RV. So we didn't want to be homeless on the streets, um, but we also didn't want to have to pay rent so that we could recover financially from, you know, I dropped out with a lot of student loan debt with a Sally May loan, um, you know, medical bill debt, uh, the house had damages, and I uh, thought I was too smart to get renter's insurance when I was 19. I thought that was for for suckers, and I was a big sucker in that scenario. So, <laughs> um I decided and my husband willingly has kind of followed along on all of my wacky ideas, um, which I think is part of why we make, make such a good team. Um, So we lived in this, you know, 19 foot, so very small uh, 1978, very old RV. And even though it was a a very challenging and uncomfortable physically experience because nothing in it worked, um, there's a lot of horrible stories about dealing with the toilet, um, you know, no (laughs) air conditioning in the summer of Los Angeles. um, So very, very uncomfortable, but there was a sense of freedom that we both really loved. And there's just something kind of magical about um, having everything you need and everything you own in a space that you can pick up and go at, you know, the drop of a dime. Um, And so ever since then, you know, I wanted to kind of be able to do that in a in a more comfortable setting and scenario, I wanted to know, what would it feel like to be able to travel like that, but in an RV that worked and had air conditioning,
1: you could actually live in,
0: yeah, that we could actually live in and actually drive in because this this old RV got probably five miles to the gallon, and we didn't have any money. So we really couldn't go anywhere. It was more just like being parked on the side of of the street for, you know, long periods at a time. Um, So that's where the idea for the trip came from. Uh, And then the idea to turn it into a tour to support small businesses came from me just realizing in the past that um, I need to attach, you know, deeper connective meaning to anything I do or I'll lose interest in it after the, you know, excitement period, after the courting period that we all, all experience with any new endeavor
1: that's a great thing to learn isn't it
0: it is yeah you're like okay if i want this to actually be fun for two years this is my thought because that's a long time for for someone like me who gets you know excited about new things all the time um how am i gonna do that and i thought well it makes sense if i tie it to something that i don't ever stop being passionate about then when i kind of lose a little excitement I'll always be able to bring myself back to it doesn't mean i won't lose Excitement means I'll have a mechanism to get excited again and, and build that motivation. Um, and so I thought for a while about, okay, well, what cause, cause there's lots of things I care about. Um, and for me, small businesses was something and is something and will always be something that I have like a deeply emotional, personal connection to because building small, you know, building my own businesses was something that not only completely changed my life uh, in, you know, in outwardly context of finances, of relationships, in an inwardly context in terms of um, personal growth and understanding myself. But also it was one of the more challenging things I've ever done. Um, And one of the things that I really had a hard time finding help in. So, you know, the first eight years of our business before I found LinkedIn, I didn't know anyone who was willing to help me in any degree around business. It was very, you know, this secretive thing and the world's become much more open. But back, you know, um, in the 2010 era, like everything was a secret. No one wanted to tell you how they had become successful um, and there were so many questions. I didn't know how to do taxes. And we had major pains from learning that, especially because the IRS doesn't care if you're trying, if you make a mistake. Yeah, they don't. Penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been Penalties. Yeah. I've been through hiring, all of the things that a small business owner goes through. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've had my own business. We're going into our 27th year, believe it or not.
0: Amazing.
1: I've been an entrepreneur since I was 14.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thanks. I've had yeah. to learn in the school of hard knocks like you did. But, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to a couple of guests about how the mind cha- mindset has changed about offering your expertise for free. I think the old sales mindset of like, oh, don't give anything away because people will just go use it has really changed. Because if you're offering really good quality content like you do, and you're putting out things that actually help, not everyone's going to go be able to do it. Some people are going to end up hiring you.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I also think so for me, because I'm actually in a scenario, which I, I think should be talked about more. Where, as a small business owner, you don't have to scale your business to a a million dollars, even, which is what we're all told.
1: We can talk about this a lot because I'm I I am very passionate about that topic.
0: Okay, yeah. So for me, I hit this point, and I've I've kind of tried out lots of things. You know, if it's been suggested, I've wanted to try it for myself and kind of seen what it's like. Um, And you know, for me, I'd rather make. A uh, hundred twenty thousand dollars a year for income not not revenue um and have you know ninety percent of my time as free time or not free time, but time I get to choose what I'm doing outside of work, meaning spending it uh you know going on hikes with with my dogs and my husband or um you know doing puzzles or reading books or all of the other things that I'm making artwork glass blowing right. Um, versus make three hundred twenty thousand dollars a year or three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in income and be spending you know twelve hours of my day working even when it's something I enjoy working on and I know this because that's what happened in our glass glassblowing business we were making a lot of a lot of profit a lot of income uh, but I was working you know twelve to sixteen hours a day now it was easy for me to justify and have that make sense because I was doing something that I enjoyed doing. Um, And it wasn't until I had this experience where I could, you know, have 90% of my my time to do whatever it is that I want. And, you know, it happens to be that some of that time I do want to spend working on other things. Um, But having it not be forced is this X factor. That's really hard to explain Um, because you might still be working, let's say eight hours a day. But when it's through choice instead of being forced to because of some financial goal, it's a totally different experience as a human being.
1: And also your goals, your financial goals, you have to be very careful with because growth at any cost can change your life. And being mindful of what you want your life to look like and the reason, the why of you do, the why you do things and the why that's behind your company or what you do for a living really matters. So that whole... That's something that I've seen over and over again where everyone thinks their the goal ultimate goal is to scale and sell out or scale and grow as big as you can. I think that's such a fallacy. you know, I've always grown my company with an eye towards sustainability and being able to take care of all the people that work here. you know, that's much more satisfying for me than just profit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and and I think um you know what you want your life to look like versus how much money you want to make is definitely, a better perspective, but for me, it's even more than what do I want my life to look like, and more moving into a phase of what do I want my life to feel like, and that actually is much more dynamic to what it looks like, and um, allows me to you know be a bit more experimentative and uh, you know try out different things where I'm searching for that feeling instead of that that picture because I think a lot of us at times in our life get to the picture and it doesn't feel quite right. Um, And and then we have existential crisis or midlife crisis or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I've been able to somehow shift from uh, sensitivity internally from is the vision of what I'm experiencing matching the vision in my head to more is the emotion of my, you know, first person experience matching the emotion I'm, you know, trying to gear towards, um, inside of me.
1: Yeah. It's really important not to, not to just buy into a, some sort of illusion of success, some picture that, that you've bought into for whatever reason, whether it's internal or external or societal pressure. So good for you. A lot, it takes a lot of people their entire lives to learn that. So I'm glad you learned it early. So how did this partnership with the uh, Hootsuite come about? So
0: I was, the intention of finding a sponsor um, or really multiple sponsors to kind of help cover the costs of the trip. Um, gas is, you know, at record prices right now. Um, I think, you know, total total gas cost of the whole trip is going to be somewhere between $35,000 and $50,000 um, just in and of itself. So, um, you know, wanted to find someone to, to help out on costs so that I could focus mainly on, you know, connecting with small businesses and didn't have to spend X amount of my time making the money to help get us to the the next place. Because I've done some traveling like that. Um, and it's different than living in a house, but it's kind of the same in terms of, you know, you're working eight hours a day and then you have a couple hours to be in a different spot, but not necessarily go do um, all of these new things. Um, and, you know, I was on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, the magical connective force. And I was just scrolling through content and I found a post from Maggie, the, the CMO of Hootsuite. Sent her a message, um, just a like a friendly hello. Hey, I love love what you're writing about this. You know, piece of content really connected with me. Um, and she brought up that they were doing a marketing trend series on LinkedIn Live that they were about to launch. And she asked me if I wanted to be interviewed. So I said, Yeah, that sounds really awesome. You guys have an incredible community. I'd love to the opportunity to share some of my experiences and thoughts around around marketing and where it's headed. Uh, so we did that. Afterwards, a bunch of Hootsuite employees reached out to me and connected on LinkedIn. I got some intuition that I should message one of those people, um, Melanie, uh, to tell tell her about what I was doing. I was like, you know, I think there could be alignment here based on, again, really just based off of a vibe and intuition. We hadn't really discussed small businesses a lot on the Marketing trend series. It was more, um, I think, platform-focused and just generalized towards, towards marketing. So I told them about what we were doing. We hopped on a couple Zoom calls after that, and it just turned out the 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 alignment was perfect, and they were starting to focus much more on small businesses and how to support them. Um, That you know the the budgeting was being done at that time, so I think that that's something important for for people to remember when they're pitching, um, you know, different companies or or even you know sales cycles. Is there's a time when budgeting's done? There's a time when it when it isn't done, Um, and just you know figured out a partnership where we both were gonna be able to benefit more than we were putting into it.
1: That is so cool. So how are you, what what are you doing with small businesses as you travel around the country? How are you helping them?
0: Yeah, so one of the ways is we're stopping in person and we're creating content. Um, and we're posting that content onto, you know, my social media platforms to bring them awareness. And then we're also, you know, giving them the content for them to use on on their social media platforms.
1: You know, you're not only just helping them with, you know, creating content, you're sort of empowering them to understand social media.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it makes a big difference to hear it from someone else who's been running a small business for a very long time versus from companies that are trying to sell small businesses as a product. Like, even if it's really genuine we have this psychological barrier of belief when we know someone's trying to sell us something. And so I think it makes a big difference and then, you know, just my I think my overall energy and personality really lends to making people feel excited about things because I can just genuinely tap into, you know, all of the emotions. Like you said I'm I'm very empathetic, so I I can kind of you know pick the emotion that i know they're either looking for or maybe need a little bit of energy pumped into them and i can really express that very authentically not in a in a cheesy way not in a way that feels fake and that that's a that's a big deal a lot of times when you're a small business owner it can be very isolating depending on you know how much time you're spending in the business and just different factors and so i think there's also a component to us showing up and not really wanting anything in return I think a lot of times, you know, people people do things, um, and even when it is really, you know, genuinely focused on doing good, there is some thing that they want in in return.
1: That's great. That drives me crazy how even with podcasts, how someone's value proposition is just under the surface. Like I'm just waiting to pitch, and it's like we need less of that. You know, we need more. Just be a genuine, helpful person that's the that's the environment we're in and I think that's a wonderful thing you're doing because I think there's a lot of fear in for small businesses in how to use social media tools making mistakes in marketing so we run into that a lot as well do you find that that helps people be a little less afraid
0: yeah I think uh, one of the one of the things I really love doing to help people overcome the fear of the result is have them see the value in just the action so there's a, a saying I heard one time I don't remember from who but The work does more work on you than you do on it. Um, And I love that concept of when you work hard on something, it changes who you are fundamentally. And that is a bigger benefit than any external result we could wish for. And so I I really try and help people through marketing that it's going to help them better understand who their audience is and be able to connect better with their audience outside of any result. That they're achieving from you know a follower standpoint or a sales standpoint and that also it's going to allow them to recognize things about themselves Um, it's going to allow them to explore their curiosities there's so many valuable ways in which you can use marketing as a tool for your own benefit that also then happen to be driving the result you want right you can't get to know your customers better and not have that lead to an increase in sales like those two things are correlated really strongly but if you focus on one instead of the other it can be actually a lot more enjoyable because that's what most people who started a small business and this is what we found on the road trip it's because they care about people it's not because of the product or the service the product and the service are a way for them to connect with and create value for people and so when you focus on that from a marketing standpoint Not only is it tapping into your, your internal motivation versus this external, less effective motivational source, but it's also more effective in the long run and sometimes in the short run too.
1: It's much more authentic from a brand point of view. I think larger organizations have a harder time doing that of realizing why they, why they exist in the first place. And when you're, you know, we talked about this a little earlier, when your goal is profit, that isn't very sustainable. When your goal is helping others, it's sustainable. And people can feel the difference. So good for you. That's really cool what you're doing. And you've had a ton of TikTok experience. I wanted to make sure to ask you a couple of TikTok questions. Um, I follow you on TikTok. I love your content. Um, One of the things that I've seen with marketing directors and teams in in companies small and, and larger are it's really hard to convince leadership about the value of TikTok still. There are a ton of leaders that think, that's still the teenage dance platform and they couldn't be more wrong. Have you run into that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, anytime, and this brings it back to the profit scenario, you know, most leaders who are in charge and responsible for the finances of a business are always going to ask, what's the financial ROI? And they're asking that question in a short time frame. What they mean is, what's the ROI of this in six months or 12 months? You know, the ROI of something like TikTok is longer term. Now, does it still have potential for, for short-term benefit? Of course, but it's kind of like getting leaders to believe in this value of creating lifelong supporters that maybe take 10 years to mature into their ideal audience. But think of the power if you were able to develop and be able to connect with 10 million people who became deeply loyal over a 10-year period. And then in that 11th year, all of them purchased from you. And they purchased from you recurringly. And they all you know, spread incredible word of mouth about your company. So I think there's just a, a longer time frame and then also a compounding factor that a lot of leaders aren't used to kind of compounding factors in business. It's just not how they've, they've operated. And so, for example, I, I did a lot of cold calling in my first business. Cold calling was super effective for us for generating sales, not very effective in terms of a compounding factor where each communication built on an entire brand value. With social media, that's what it's doing. You might not get as many sales directly off those videos, but you're going to compound the loyalty that those, those viewers have to your brand. And Even if they're not purchasing, to me, that's something that long-term has higher value than a single purchase. So I think it's, you know, why is it challenging for, for leaders is because they do face very immediate pressures. I think to your point, like there's a lot going on with the economy right now. There's a lot going on with virtual versus for, you know, from home or um, in the office. And there's just so many that are immediate changes we're focusing on right now. Very hard to think about the immediate and the long-term and have those two things be integrated with each other. You know to be them and uh, empathetic to their scenario, they have a really, it's a really challenging job to be a leader. I think it always was a challenging job to be a leader, but even more so, even more so today when there are more factors to take into account and more lapping timelines to be considerate of.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And are there any any common mistakes you see brands making as, as they try to enter the TikTok space?
0: Yeah, I think looking about it as a strategy to get a specific result by a, a specific time frame, instead of an ability or an action to make progress towards a goal. So if you only value the work that you're doing based off of a all or nothing scenario, um, I just personally think that's a terrible strategy, whether it comes to social media and TikTok or whether that comes to employee development, right? Like you shouldn't give up on um, supporting or helping develop employees simply because a specific goal was not reached by a specific time frame. You should look at, has there been progress in these areas that we value? So I think that's the, that's the biggest mistake is just overall mindset to, um, how, to how to measure success.
1: I completely agree with that. I think short-term mindsets and not thinking about a consumer relationship, you know, customers, potential customers, those are relationships. And thinking about them as human relationships, not as getting what you want out of them makes all the difference. Is there any piece of advice that you've been given that has really stuck with you, that has really helped you on this journey that you're on?
0: You know, I'm sure there's tons because I consume like a lot of, uh, you know, podcasts, books, so that's all advice I've been given, right? And I think the, those things have fundamentally become a part of of who I am now. The greatest piece of advice though that I got through through a podcast that fundamentally changed how I operated was the story of the tugboat and the lighthouse. So if you haven't heard it, the, the story or the you know fable or analogy of a tugboat and a lighthouse is they both have the same job. They both are designed to save ships from completely being destroyed, right? A a tugboat goes out and saves a a ship that can't make it into shore. Um, A lighthouse shines a light so that a boat can make it into shore doesn't crash on the rocks. But their purpose is the same to help ships to come in to, to land safely. Now, a tugboat can only go out and grab one ship at a time. It can really only save one ship at a time. And it needs a lot of repairs. Tugboats need to constantly uh, have their parts worked on because it's a ton of, of work that they're doing on this you know, single ship that they're pushing or pulling into shore. A lighthouse really needs very little maintenance. Maybe its light bulb changed every 80 or 100 years. And it stands on the shore and essentially does nothing but shine its light. And... When it comes to a tugboat, if the boat doesn't make it into shore, it is all the tugboat's fault, right? The tugboat is to blame. If a ship does not listen to or not heed or see the light of the the lighthouse shining on the rocks and it decides to crash into the rocks anyways, that's all on the boat. That is not the lighthouse's fault. This analogy helped me realize that I was operating as a tugboat instead of a lighthouse, because I have, I think a lot of us do this. We have this deep, deep, deep desire to help people, but it's really, really exhausting and energy draining and and causes a lot of damage to us when we go out and we try and save someone, instead of shining our light for them and letting them come into shore themselves. And so that, that fundamentally changed how I thought about helping people and really led to, you know, a different type of of energy input-output in my life that has, you know, allowed me to become a lot more successful by my definition um, in terms of happiness. Even in terms of like actual work output, I am much more effective. I think we are all much more effective when we're operating at our full energy capacity. We can get, you know, 10 times done in a single hour versus if we're working at 10% capacity. Now it takes us 10, 10 hours to do the same thing we could have done in a single hour. So really being able to, Understand how my energy you know flowed throughout my day and throughout throughout my life and you know weeks and, and months. paying attention to that has has been amazing
1: I'm so glad you just went through that because I think that is a wonderful message. I think that's such a great message for people in marketing and any line of work in small business but and you really think about the analogy of that to social media you know your content is a lot like a lighthouse, and you will exhaust yourself trying to be a tugboat so that, that was, I really enjoyed that. Thank you for that.
0: I just wanted to highlight that because I'd never thought about connecting those two things, but you're right. Social media is like the light that you can shine out into the world. And that's the value. No, you're not grabbing and pulling someone in, maybe to the shore, but you're shining this light and the people who see it and resonate with it are going to bring themselves in. So it's a much more energy efficient model for like scaling a business, for scaling impact and scaling messages. I love
1: that. Yeah, I I, I completely agree and I love that. And I think that changes how you create content. You know, when you really think when you're creating it and you're the lighthouse, then you're expressing what you truly feel and the people who are gonna connect with it are come. You're gonna find your tribe. And so I think that's really cool. I'm so glad you brought that up in this context. That was fun. Um, so I wanna make sure I get you out on time because I know you've got a lot to do today. Uh, so I wanted to ask you just like two last questions and with all your interests, if you weren't a marketer, what do you think you would be right now?
0: Yeah. So that's kind of like what I'm, I'm shifting into is actually away from marketing, except for the things that I'm, I'm really passionate about, like small businesses. And from a professional standpoint, I love reading, writing and research. So, you know, I think, what I'm doing now is I'm spending a lot of time writing my first book.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a lifelong passion. I'm not writing a book to become a bestseller, although, you know, fingers always cross. I'm not writing a book so that I can get more speaking engagements. I'm writing a book because I felt compelled to write a book. And I love the process of it. So that's one of the things, you know, again, lots and lots of time reading on things that I'm not going to write about. So I'm fascinated with space. Um, And like black holes and, you know, supernovas and nebulas and like all of the crazy stuff that happens in space is just absolutely fascinating to me. I also love art. So, you know, I continued blowing glass even after I stopped selling glass. Uh, It's very meditative. It's very therapeutic. And it feels wonderful to create something beautiful. Like I think there's a lot of value in that. And, you know, a new thing I've discovered while on the road is Legos. I played Legos as a kid and built built Legos as a kid. But I took a break for, you know, 15, 20 years of, Rediscovered my love for Lego building, so I'm getting into some, you know, very large, complex Legos, which are a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> That's really fun. That was a great answer. And you know, I think uh, all my favorite marketers are are creative in some other way. Where and a lot of them are either in music or art. You know, so I'm a photographer as well as being a brand marketer. I think just having that part of your life be rich makes a big difference in the kind of content you create and just the way you look at the world.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, something I do also is I have a long list of things I want to have tried in my lifetime. So it's more I guess like in a a learnings bucket list instead of like an activity bucket list. So my bucket list isn't, um, you know, to go skydiving, although I'm sure I'll I'll do that at some point. It's more like to your point, I want to learn to play the saxophone. Because I think it's a, a beautiful sound and a challenging, complex instrument. And so th- you know, having a list of things like that that I want to put my creativity into on a continual basis, I-, I think people should know that it doesn't have to be one thing forever. You can have a whole list of things you want to try. And if you don't like that thing, cool, don't do it anymore. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with trying things and not liking them the way you thought you would. And I think people experience actually quite a bit of like shame or guilt around getting excited for something and it not panning out the way they had the excitement for beforehand. Like people do this with vacations all the time, where they'll plan a vacation, they'll get really excited, and then the vacation will be kind of so-so, and then they'll feel really bad, like they did something wrong by not making it as amazing as it was in their head and that's just life sometimes things don't work out the way we envisioned them it doesn't mean they that like they worked out poorly it just meant you didn't like that thing as much as you thought you would that's okay
1: yeah and sometimes expectations get in the way of being in the moment you know you you have these expectations you paint a picture in your head and when the reality doesn't match you're deciding you're having a bad time instead of just going what value is there here for me So a lot of times it's perspective.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think being able to see that there's value in every experience and that it's not just the like fun experiences of what we should be aiming for. Yeah, like actually we should all endeavor to try something we absolutely hate (laughs) because it'll give us great perspective.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I love what you said about uh, your reading and the fact and how you research. I can relate to that because I think one of the Coolest things about people who are successful, the ones that I know and a lot of people I've had on this podcast, is that they're voracious learners, even if they're extremely successful. If you're a really highly curious person about the human condition, about life, about different art forms, you are going to be successful because you're going to be able to relate more. You're going to be happier. You know, there, it's a big world. So learning about it and exploring and, and you know, reading like crazy is just so healthy. So, and there's a ton of people that don't do it. There are people who are just done. Like my, I'm 30, my tastes are set. I've just never been able to understand that.
0: Yeah. You know, I went through a period of probably about eight years where I didn't read a single book after being a voracious reader my entire life before that. So I, I can kind of understand a little bit. It's just, you you know, our brains always have this ability and are always susceptible to being, to getting stuck, so to speak, in the, the pathways that we're operating in now, And unless you make a real habit out of continually pushing yourself into new, you know, perspectives, new activities, I think at some point it just becomes almost natural for you to want to stay in that, that same routine or pathway that you've already created. So I don't think it's, you know, people saying I, I don't want to, or like, I think it's less of i I'm not going to do this and a more, I'm just going to keep doing this because to keep doing what you're already doing is very easy
1: yeah it feels safer and it's and habits can be very strong you know so i just think it's a really positive message to encourage people to try something they hate or try something new or read something you didn't think you'd be interested in you know it's just a great way to expand your point of view and how you look at life so I, I really compliment you on that habit. That's pretty cool.
0: It also, can be really, it also can be really fun. I think people are missing out on the joy of something being awful. So for example, as we travel around, um, I love trying new food. Sometimes I'll try a food that I am 90% sure I'm not going to like. And the reason I do that is because, I mean, think about sometime you've, I hope other people have had this experience where I've tried something, I've been like, gross, oh my God. And then afterwards I get to like, remember how gross, that food was to me. And it's kind of this joyful, like funny thing where you get to kind of laugh at how, you know, how much you cannot like something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great. I think those kind of experiences are really memorable because you're trying and you're growing, you know? And I think that's so important. So I have one last question for you and I'll let you go because um, I know you're in Denver and you got a ton of stuff to do with your Hootsuite tour. Um, if you could give, you know, I, you've you've done a lot in the last 10 years. If you could go back and give your younger self any advice, what would it be?
0: I think it was just reading earlier, I think that would have uh, helped me from uh, an emotional perspective greatly. And if I could have had the knowledge, you know, that I've accumulated in the last two years, in my first two years, that would have been, been really profound. But I'm also of the mindset of like if I had to go back and redo everything, I'd probably redo it exactly the same because I am really happy with where my life is now. And we don't know how like maybe my life would be awful if I gave myself advice (laughs) or not awful, but, you know, very different in a way that I wouldn't get some of the joys that I have now. So we never know what the other side is going to be and our, our mind always thinks the other side of the grass is greener but sometimes it's brown and dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that answer. You know, it's your struggles to make you who you are. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a really cool answer. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been an absolute blast talking to you. And good luck with your book and the, the Hootsuite tour and everything you're doing. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again someday, I hope, because it's really fun uh, talking with you. This has been a blast. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. Really appreciate
1: being on. Want to hear more inspiring stories? Subscribe on your preferred podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what we're doing, please rate, review, and share. It's the best way to support us. Thank you for listening to Brand Story.